welcome to the Clinical Podcast Series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry Foundation and the Clinical Glaucoma and Retinal Care Channel. Today's episode is entitled Cost Effectiveness for Screen for Open Angle Glaucoma. I'd like to thank our host, Gretchen Bailey, our topical editor and expert today, Dr. Andrew Rickson. And now it's my pleasure to begin today's podcast. Hi, everyone. I am Gretchen Bailey, and I am a fellow of the Academy. And I am joined today by Drew Rickson, who is a fellow of the Academy, a diplomate in glaucoma, attending optometrist at the Memphis VA, and consulting faculty at Southern College of Optometry in Memphis. Hi, Drew. Hey, Gretchen. How's it going tonight? It is going great. I am really happy to be talking with you tonight about cost effectiveness and glaucoma screening. And we have a paper we're going to discuss, which is cost effectiveness of screening for open angle glaucoma compared with opportunistic case finding. And this was conducted by Anton and colleagues, and it appears in the February 2023 issue of Journal of Glaucoma. This manuscript evaluates cost effectiveness of glaucoma screening with imaging devices and telemedicine based on a screening campaign that was performed in Spain. So, Drew, can you tell me why do people still go blind from glaucoma today, especially given all that we know? Yes, it's a great question, Gretchen. So the deal is that obviously technology has improved. Um, and you think specifically a lot of the mindset we have comes to like, you know, healthcare within the U.S., but, you know, worldwide there's there's barriers to success. And one of the major barriers is, is lack of detection. So I usually tell most of my patients that the number one reason why people go blind from glaucoma is that they are completely unaware of actually having it. So lack of detection is probably one of the major reasons why people are still losing vision. And it's a global health crisis, really. So let's talk about screening because of this lack of detection. Does screening work in industrialized and developed nations? That's the big debate. I think when you look back historically at the literature, a lot of it comes down to how these individual screening studies were done. So some screening studies will show well, we can't really make a decision. Other screening studies will show, yeah, it's completely worthless. And then other screening studies are very, very positive. So really trying to get to the matter at hand of, is it cost effective? Um, and really, is it cost worthwhile, but is it actually effective? So breaking down cost effectiveness is probably what we're really trying to find. I think this paper starts you know, modifying a little bit of certain screening studies that were done before to try to answer that question. Well, talking about what this study did, what did these authors specifically look at and how was it different from what already went uh, went on in the past? I think one of the major changes that they were able to take advantage of is, and this was done you know, post-COVID, but some of their earlier work was done pre-COVID, is you know, telehealth. So specifically with teleglaucoma, that's been a big change. And also a lot of previous screening studies were done with functional like perimetry. And what they took advantage of was actually using technology that's more, you know, in our offices, put it into primary care settings, you know, with just generalized healthcare and used OCT and used NCT, which we already had. But the main thing was really just using the OCT. And then they compared people that were, they labeled as opportunistic finds, which essentially patient walks in for an eye exam versus screening where they you know, did a did a mail out 
or some sort of a blast to get patients to come in. And then they were able to screen them more comprehensively. So I think part of it was just the fact that they were able to use technology. That's stuff we work with now. And they were able to go ahead and use that in, in a really meaningful way uh, using telecare as well. So what did the study results show? Did cost effectiveness models show that this type of screening work? Yeah, in this particular model, I think that's that's something we need to just keep in mind is this was specifically in Barcelona uh, only, you know, in Spain with a certain cohort. So based on their predictive models, because uh, these were simulation models, it was successful and there was more cost effectiveness to actually screening versus these opportunistic fines, uh, specifically in a population that they thought was at risk, which was 55 and over. Uh, so yeah, it was a very positive result, which they said, you know, it wasn't an overwhelmingly positive result, but they thought it would be clinically meaningful was what they concluded and, and hopefully further along, you know, screening studies uh, and maybe kind of change our mindset as far as screening if we've already had a defeatist attitude on it. So, do you find these results clinically meaningful and why should these results matter to optometrists? Yeah, I think a lot of these studies are tough to extrapolate, to be quite honest with you, because you have these predictive models, you have individual cohorts, there's some selection bias as well. I think they screened or they, they set out the, the blast and I think they had like maybe 4,000 people that attempted to reach and maybe a thousand showed up. So you wonder sometimes, you know, were those patients that showed up with ones that already thought maybe there was something wrong? Because I think they found 20% of those patients actually were at least, you know, glaucoma suspect. Um, so I don't know that I particularly find this to be clinically meaningful for me in practice, but it, goes along the narrative of the need for screening and specifically targeted screening. You know, the U.S. Preventive Health Force Task Force just came out recently and said, you know, we don't have enough information to make a decision. Uh, and there's a lot of, I don't want to say grassroots efforts, but there's efforts out of small uh, cities that have lower income populations, specifically high risk populations that are finding that some of their screening protocol does have really good positive predictive value. And that's always the deal with screening. So I think that's the important thing to take out of this is this kind of sheds light on more positivity in doing screening. And you know, even if you can extrapolate to the US, can we start doing more targeted screening at high-risk populations? And then would that be cost-effective and add to more positive predictive value? Because you don't want to do something that just surveys a bunch of random people. It's completely unsuccessful. And, and you know, with the rising costs of healthcare these days, you don't want to waste money, uh, but sure. you want to advocate for patients that could have disease. So overall, I take it as a positive, And that's, that's why I thought this paper would be worthwhile. So if you had to pick one key nugget out of this paper to share with your fellow ODs, what would it be? I think the main thing is that, you know, we've changed away from having certain technology, namely perimetry, uh, and perimetry is still a major part of this. But if you're going to do teleglaucoma and you're going to set some of these processes up, it helps to have you know, modern technology. I think there's going to be a cost associated with that. So I wonder, you know, whether we can practically make that happen. But I think, again, technology changes uh, will really, really impact this. And I think that's what was unique about how they did their screening. And I think that's the take home. Well, this was really great. Drew, thank you very much for the information about this paper and for talking with me. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much for having me tonight, Gresham. Appreciate your time. 
And a special thanks to CooperVision for their educational grant to make it all happen. Thank you.